What's up, everybody? Hope you're doing great. Hope you're having a wonderful day. Uh, for those of you watching online, thanks so much for connecting with us. And man, I'll tell you what, God continues to do amazing things in and through our church. And you know, as Pastor Nicole shared during that announcement time, we are absolutely believing that today will be our last Sunday in Cinema World. And, and so we're, we're having one service next week in the new building at 10 a.m. Uh, and then I don't know if you kind of caught on those couple of comments that she made, uh, that we're hoping and believing that it would actually be next week and all that stuff. So, uh, you know, with any construction project, there always are some delays and some issues and problems. So uh, in just a minute, we're going to all pray and believe together because, so I'll ju I'm just going to give you some acronyms. So it's MBVDEPTCO. And so all of those letters, nine together, are very, very important. And so we're hoping that Wednesday is the thumbs up day, Wednesday, Thursday, we'll even take Friday. Um, but just all those acronyms have to line up perfectly in order for that to happen. If they don't, we will be back here in the movie theater next Sunday, which we're so thankful for the movie theater having us. Um, but So if that doesn't work out, but we are taking steps forward today to, and this week to make sure that that can happen. So uh, I don't know about you, but like I pray, I pray strong, I pray big, I have big faith, uh, but then there also is the practical world that we have to deal with uh, at times, and sometimes the, even the enemy and obstacles come, and so we deal with those as they come up. Uh, so I just wanted to make you aware of that. And so I just, I wanted to share, you know, that, that's a little bit of a challenge we're in right now, but everything's going to be fine. Like the, the building is beautiful. We, we love it. We're, we're going to be in there. Uh, it just isn't quite lining up how we anticipated. But when I look at the life of our church, you know, and how we've functioned as a church, we all know that it's not about the building. The building's great and amazing. It's going to be an incredible resource for us. But the church is us. It's you and I. And, and I love the, the, the culture that we have as a church because it's about people. And so one of the things that I, that I love to share is the stories and the life change that have happened in our church. And, and, and that's you. That's your story, what you've experienced. So I, assuming and hoping and believing that this actually is our last uh, service in the movie theater, I just wanted to share a couple of my great memories uh, with you. So we've been meeting in a movie theater 11 and a half years. The first two years were in the Roxy Cinema over on Palm Bay Road, and the last nine and a half have been in here. So that, that is generally a, a longer time for a church to be portable, but uh, it, that's our story. That's who we are. That's how it's worked out, and we're excited about the next phase. But when I look back, I see the amazing things that God has done. I'm talking about the miraculous things. You know, I, I'll just share a few of them with you if you don't mind. Uh, so when we first moved into Cinema World a number of years ago, we were trying to figure out how we were going to do baptism. Like, how do you do water baptism in a movie theater? Do we just, hey, we're going to do it in a pool or we're going to go to the beach? No, we really wanted to do it here in the service. So what we did is we got a big tub. Uh, actually, it was an inf uh, one of those pools that you, you, you inflate the top ring, and then as you fill it with water, it kind of rises. So we were going, how in the world are we going to put a big pool in here to do baptisms? We were going, well, we can do it. We can get permission. It'll be okay. And then, well, where do you get 700 gallons of water to put in a pool inside of a movie theater. So, uh, the, you know, what we did is we're like, well, you know, we just, we had a gentleman who had a water truck, and so we're like, hey, let's just get water, fill it, you know, and so what happened was, you know, he, he actually got the water from uh, one of the ponds at, at his work, and so he put the, that water in, in. and so we're, we put the water in here, and so I affectionately call our first baptism service here the turtle water baptism. 
affectionately, with great love. Now, we did not use that water and that system of, of collecting that water again the next time. Uh, but it's a story. Like, it was amazing. And I'll tell you what. The people that got baptized in that water, they remember it. They remember that Sunday, no doubt. Uh, then over the, the course of the last several years, one of the things that we've done, you know, we, we feel like we're a generous church and we just appreciate you guys and your giving and your tithing and, and giving to the community. That's amazing. And so with that, what we love to do periodically is what we call reverse offerings. And so we've done those over the years where literally we would have tables up here with cash if you're new to Grace Church, you're going, when's that service? Uh, so we would literally have stacks of ones, fives, tens, twenties, hundreds, like just straight up cash up in the house. And what we would do is we would say, hey, we're not going to ask that you would give to Grace Church today. In fact, we're going to reverse that. And Grace Church is going to put dollars in your hand. And so we just had some incredible stories come as a result of that, like literally people that are in our church that were crying because they had a bill that was due or past due. They were trying to figure out how they were going to get groceries. And then so many people came forward and told us the story about how they gave to somebody that was in need. They're like, I can't believe that you did this this Sunday because my neighbor just yesterday told me, and they would tell, and it literally gives me goosebumps just standing up here because it's about people. It's about stories of life change, and so we want to continue to empower you to be all that God has, you know, for you, and I remember probably about four years ago, we did a series in August of, I think it was 20, like 2017, 2016, where it was uh, a series called Baggage, and all we really did is we just kind of did the whole idea where so many times in our lives we carry baggage along uh, unnecessarily. You know, we understand carry-ons and personal items and check bags. And so unfortunately, though, we're dragging the baggage in our life uh, along with us. And so we talked about how can we release that bag, you know, get rid of it, be done with it forever. So we did a service where I talked about breaking through barriers and breaking, you know, kind of cutting those ties and releasing that. So what we did was we had, uh, they were about four-inch square tiles uh, that we had on each of the sides. So we asked everyone at the barrier that you needed to break through. And so it, it, there was a lot, a lot of examples. I mean, you're talking about financial breakthroughs or healing or pornography or addictions or, you know, lots of different barriers that we encounter, relationships, marriage. I mean, there, we could list all the examples out. But we had each person write out on the tile what that barrier was. And then as part of the closing of the service, we literally had these hammers and people were smashing the tiles. And there were just, there were, you could hear the, and it was so powerful, so significant, just the breakthrough that, that happened. And we love that. And then uh, just about three years ago, uh, Nicole and I did a, a vow renewal as part of the Sunday morning service, you know, to celebrate our 20 years of marriage. Uh, and, and so we, we exchanged our renewal of vows as part of the service. And so it just, you know, for me, that was a very significant moment in my marriage, in my life, and to share that with our church family was so important. And then one of the things that we get to do that I absolutely love, I hope that you do as well, is we get to serve popcorn. Like, what's up, popcorn? Yes, we're believing this is our last Sunday, and so we're, we wanted to finish with popcorn, movie theater popcorn for everybody. And so we just, we absolutely love that. And so please understand, like I tell those stories and you have to know, you are why we do what we do. You're it. 
Like, you are the most important thing. When it comes to God and his economy, it's people, it's lives, it's souls, it's life change. Like, it's lives turning around because of Christ. You are, and your story are why we do what we do. And so, just using that as a transition to, to move into this last week of our James series, you know, hopefully you've been tracking along with us. It's extended, you know, about nine weeks or so, and so we've been walking through James because it's so, James is so power-packed. There's so much in it, and so I hope that you feel challenged. I hope that you feel, have felt convicted, but the biggest thing, I also hope that you have been able to take some of these biblical principles and apply them into your life. We're not just looking for more knowledge about the Bible. We're looking for life change. And so this scripture should change us in who we are. And so I hope that you've been able to do that and apply that in your life because that's what we're about. So if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and open up to James chapter 5 towards the end of that book. And we're going to close out those verses in this series. And I'm so excited about that. And this whole message is about prayer. And so you need to know that we are a praying church. So what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to pray, and I'm going to pray for this service and the closing of the series. And so I'm also going to be praying that the obstacles that seem to be some issues with us moving into the building, that they would be broken, that they would be removed and lifted, and and everything would would continue forward as we're hoping. Uh, So if you guys could pray with me, uh, I would greatly appreciate that. So Lord God, we come before you. And Father, first off, we just want to acknowledge that we need you, Uh, we love you, we desire you. God, our life is not the same without you. And so, Lord, would you come in our life, would you change us? First off, would you forgive us of our sins, our issues, our problems, uh, the things that we've done wrong against you, Lord, where we've missed the mark that you've laid out for us, God, and that happens so often, and it's frustrating to us. But we're so thankful for your forgiveness and your cleansing in our life. And so with that, we come before you, Lord. We want to be used by you. We want to be, just, we want to be like soft, moldable clay in your hands. That we would be the clay, that you would be the potter. Lord, that you would be spinning the potter's wheel and you would be shaping us into what you have in mind and what you have in store. And that we would be willing to allow you to do that, to massage us and change us and and to remove some impurities and and to take us to this place. And so, Father, with that, for us as a church, uh, we cry out to you, we ask, we beg, we plead with your strength because of your power, Lord, with the things that need to unfold uh, this upcoming week with laying out plans and understanding and approvals and and the powers that, that be, just that, that have the opportunity to, to say yes and no and, and to make things happen. Lord, I pray that you would remove every obstacle. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you would, you would cause any issue or problem that, that it would be eradicated. Uh, Father, even as we look at this week with some anxiety, some anticipation, uh, God, our, our faith rises up. Our believing uh, rises above that. And so, God, that you would remove anxiety and fear and concern. And so we walk, we step. We, God, even when it seems to be no way, you make a way. And Lord, that's not what we're in. We are not in desperate times. We, just, we want things to happen in the way that you designed, and we know that you can make that. So we ask you that you would do amazing things this week and that you would work on our behalf and that the hands of the enemy would be bound against us as he tries to function and operate against our church. Lord, we declare the scripture verses that say that the, that the enemy is not victorious, that Jesus is victorious, that, that the gates of hell will not prevail against your church. Lord, we are victorious. We take authority over all of that. And we're just so thankful 
uh, for what you're going to do in our church, not only this week, but every single moment of every single day as we move forward, as Grace Church takes a step forward with the calling you've put on our life, that you would just use your Holy Spirit, that it would, be, yeah, it would permeate through our community, that lives would be changed, that marriages would be restored, that people would come to know you, that people would feel empowered through your Holy Spirit to do and to be all that, they've, that you've called them to be. Lord, we love you and honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope it's okay for me to just kind of go on a little bit in prayer. Sometimes I know uh, in, in prayer, if somebody else is praying, I get a little bit distracted. I start thinking about other stuff. But I'm sure you guys were dialed in. I could have kept going, uh, but I stopped and focused in because we, we got to talk about James. You know, we got to talk about James. And so we're in James 5, starting in verse 13. And so let me read some of this for you. You're going to be able to relate to this in a big way. It says, are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with the oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. And so what I'm asking, if you guys would be willing to raise your hand in participation, if you are facing any type of difficulty right now, if you are a person that's happy or you're sick or you've committed any type of sin, if you could just go ahead and put your hand up. Uh, anybody fitting in those categories? Just, uh, oh, everybody. Look at that. Isn't that amazing? It's incredible. So this is applicable to all of us. And I absolutely love it. And so here's what James says to us. The first point is that prayer is the answer. When we have those problems, when we have issues, when we have stuff, when we need healing, prayer is the answer. And so what happens, though, is if you've grown up in the church for a little while, you, you maybe have prayed or you've tried to pray. And so what happens when you read that list and you go, I have issues, I, I, need, I need God to intervene, and you go, all you're going to say is that prayer is the answer. You're going to think, I've tried that. I've made an attempt to do that, and it hasn't worked. And so I just want to share with you that like, we believe in the power of prayer. We believe that prayer is the answer and that it works. Because when you understand just the, the simplicity of what prayer is, is it literally is our communication to our he loving heavenly dad. That's, it's our communication. It's, it's not just one way. It's, it's, it's two ways. And what it does is our prayer and our conversation with him shows our desire to have a relationship. It shows our desire to have dependency upon him because we're asking him for things. We're praising him when great things happen. And so that communication is extremely important. It is vital in our lives as Christ followers. And so just to share a little bit of my life, you know, most days, uh, not every day, but most days when I wake up, what I do is I, I kind of go over to uh, the ottoman that, that's in our bedroom, and I just, I kneel down. Like, I, that, that's, that's my, like, I love that posture. I love the kneeling aspect. It just shows my submission uh, to my Father in heaven. And, and, and so I talk to God like he's my dad. And, and so when I do that, you know, even in this service, I pray, like I could pray and pray and pray, because if you haven't been around me much, like I can talk and talk and talk and talk and tell stories, and I'll tell you more stories, and we'll just talk, and you can just listen. If you're a good listener, like I'm your best friend, and so I talk to God like he's my dad, and I just do. That I, like I am that tight with him, and I see him that way. He loves me so much. He's so proud of me, and, and I just, I'm honored to be his son, and so I talk to him like that. 
And so I try and start most days in a time of prayer and Bible reading. And then one of the other things I wanted to share uh, is just I, I do have an element of fasting. Uh, I believe that fasting is a spiritual discipline that we can have in our lives. And so I fast at different times for different reasons. And I've been doing that for about 15 years uh, in, in my pastoral ministry. And if you're new to Grace Church over the last six months or so, uh, we do 21 days of prayer and fasting every January, and it is the most powerful time. We just have so many spiritual breakthroughs that take place, and we love it, and we will absolutely continue to be doing that. And then if you're wanting to grow in your prayer life, we have a resource that we call Prayer Guides, and really what it does is just, you know, kind of walks you through the prayer process, and, and you can find that on our website at gracechurch.life, or you can grab one of those at the Connection Center. If you're going, man, I need to pray, I need to learn how to pray, I want to grow it, it, just grab the prayer guide. It literally is a, a small pamphlet that you can take, and it'll help you so much. Because what happens is prayer puts our unknown future in the hands of an all-knowing God. That's what prayer does. I don't know what the rest of today brings or tomorrow, or the rest of this week. But my dad does. My dad absolutely knows. He's all-knowing, and he's aware. And so many times when I talk to Christians, there is a little bit of fear of the future. And what that is, is that's the fear of the unknown. We don't know what's going to happen. So what happens is we get paralyzed with fear, or we get consumed with, with worry. And so James is saying, hey, if you've got a trouble that you're dealing with, you need to be praying. If you're concerned about the future... The only one that I know that knows the future is our Father in heaven. So I would just encourage you to be talking to him because he's concerned about you and I and the things that we're concerned about. <laughs> but he's not worried at all because he knows exactly what's going to happen and he knows exactly what he wants to do in your life and he has your best interest in mind. He's not worried at all. And so I would just encourage you to talk with him. In fact, Jesus talked about this aspect of worry that sometimes paralyzes us in life. He talks about it in Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 31. He says, hey, so don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. So seek the kingdom of God above all else, live righteously, and he will give you everything that you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today, today's troubles is enough for today. And so James says very clearly, if you feel like you're in trouble, you need to pray. If you're sick, you need to pray and be anointed. So when, when the, one of the things, though, that we struggle with sickness, though, and disease is, you know, sometimes when we get terminal diseases or major issues or problems or things that we don't know how what's what the doctor's going to do that they don't know how it's going to work out with this sense of hopelessness settles in doesn't it you know and, and i i love talking with people who have something that is is a major disease but they hold on to this level of faith and belief uh, that, that god's going to do something amazing or they continue to remain positive despite their physical struggle and so there are times when we don't have the answers, right? There are times that when even the med a medical professional might not know what to do. But I just want to encourage you, uh, we can't get discouraged in those times. We can't feel down because God is the one who brings hope to the hopeless. 
And so God can absolutely work in your situation. Maybe that's your story right now. You're needing healing. You're needing a miracle. You're needing God, God to show up in a big, big way. So God is the only one that can do that in your body and, and bring restoration and bring healing. And so the thing that I want to share with you and to encourage you is that God can actually raise dead people back to life. And if you're hearing me right now, you're not dead. You're not dead. So even if you were dead, he could bring you back to life. So what you've got going on, it might seem like a big deal, and it is, and I get it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not belittling that at all, but I'm saying you can also have hope because if he can raise a dead person, he can heal you as well. And so we've got to believe and, do, and, and experience that in our life. And so James is saying very clearly the answer is prayer, is praying and seeking God in his face. The second thing that prayer is, is prayer brings forgiveness. And I love this. So if you've sinned, like all of us have, we've got to ask forgiveness, and we're forgiven. And that's what's incredible about, about God and who he is. Like, he literally forgives us. He wipes our sins out, and that's amazing. And so many times, you know, we're the obstacle. If I share, like, hey, all you've got to do is ask God to forgive you, sometimes we take this deep breath and we go, yeah, but... You don't know what I've done. You don't know the magnitude and the depth of the wrongs that I've committed. Nope. I sure don't. But God does, doesn't he? He absolutely knows all the wrong things. That makes me feel uncomfortable at times because even though I don't want other people to know, God knows my thoughts, he knows my heart, he knows my intentions, he knows all of my sins. And you know what he does? He forgives me. And I would say the same thing to you because James talks about this in verse 16. He says, hey, you've got to confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. So James is talking about relationships right there. He's saying, hey, it, we've got to ask God to forgive us, but there is this added level of cleansing and healing when we confess our sin towards other people. This is also found in 1 John. You know, so we've got to understand the importance of relationships and forgiveness and healing. And so here at Grace Church, that's why we have connection groups. We've got to be in groups. We want you in a group. As we wrap up our summer semester, we begin to prepare to launch our, our fall semester of groups. Like, please, if you're somebody who wants to, to lead a connection group, just get a group of people around, maybe get a curriculum, maybe do something fun. This is, this is why it's so important. We need each other. We've got to have those relationships. But there's a piece in there that James talk about, talks about where he says, hey, you know, about a righteous person. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I don't feel so righteous. I look at the sins that I've committed, the wrongs that I've done, and I go, yeah, but I just I don't feel so clean. I don't feel so holy. And so here's the deal. We're not righteous. We're not. None of us are. But the difference is a righteous person has actually received the forgiveness in their life. None of us are righteous. All the righteous things that we do, it says in, in Scripture that all of those things are like filthy rags. We can't do enough to earn our way to heaven. It's impossible. Even in our right acts, even those sometimes ha have selfish ambition or wrong motives. But when we look at our, the forgiveness that we've received, a righteous person that James is talking about is somebody who is willing to receive the forgiveness. So what it is, it's the wrongs have been made 
right. And there's not, it's, you and I couldn't do that. It is only because of Jesus. So it's our, our faith in him. It's our belief in him. Because of what Jesus did on the cross and his blood, we get to now sin, be forgiven, and be a righteous person with earnest prayer. So that's how the formula works. I want to share in 2 Corinthians 5.21, this is the purpose for Christ. It says, for God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right. Everybody say right. So we could be made right, because we're not right, we're not righteous, we're not pure, but through Christ, because of God, through Christ, we get to walk in Christ's righteousness. And this verse right here, when you look at it, man, it seems so simple, doesn't it? And a verse like this can be glossed over so easily if you're reading scripture you're, and, and you go, oh man. But I'll tell you what, this is theologically and doctrinally so deep, so just astounding when you look at the magnitude of who Jesus is, what he did, and what we get as a result. The, the theological term is justification. So, I mean, there are significant things that take place because Jesus paid for our sin. We didn't. We couldn't. We can't. Jesus is the only one that was able to do that. And so now, you and I can walk in righteousness with God. And so if you guys could do me a favor, if you have been forgiven of your sins, and if you guys could just clap and, and give God praise for that, like thank Jesus for that amazing thing. It's incredible when, when a person who is far from God gets forgiven and now they walk in righteousness. And that might be some of your story and what it looks like. I, I want to share one of my favorite stories. Uh, I, I don't share this one often. I have in the past used this in messages and stuff. Um, but it, it's the story of one of my former coaches. Uh, his name was Brad Lloyd. He was uh, my high school varsity coach for my senior year at Palm Bay High School. And uh, the reason that's a big deal is because after I was done with high school, graduated, I went to Oral Roberts and was able to play baseball there. And then after I graduated with a degree in theology, uh, the Lord allowed me and Nicole to get married and move back here. I love this area, love you know, what we do and, and our calling now. But way back then, before I had gray hair, uh, I, I, was, I was hired by FCA, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, uh, to be the area director for this, this county and other counties. And so in doing that, now I'm no longer a high school student or a, a high school player. Now I'm a man, and I'm working, and I have a career, and I have a calling on my life that the Lord is working through me. And so I go back to my old coach, to that old school that I graduated from, and I, and I talk with him, and we meet, and we continue our relationship now man to man, and he understands what I'm doing. And so I'll never, ever forget the one day that I went to talk to him. I, I set up a time where I could meet with him during his planning hour, during his planning period in the middle of the school day. I'm sitting with my old coach and I'm talking to him about Jesus and what God has done in me and through me. And I can literally, you see that his eyes well up with tears and the, the tears begin going down his cheek because he looks at me, and you know, you know when you try and talk when you're crying, you get a little bit choked up, he, he, and he literally, I'll never, he, he's like, I need that. I, I need what you're talking about. Um, and so 
in the middle of a school day on a planning hour, I led my old coach to Jesus, you know, and so it's incredible. Uh, man. And so I love that. I will never, ever forget. So that's, you know, th- those are the stories. We're not perfect, but we're forgiven, and we're restored because of Jesus. And there is no brokenness in your life that God can't restore. Like, God can fix that, and he can make it right. And so that's incredible. I hope that you're able to grab a hold of that and recognize that you can be righteous in Christ, and your prayers are powerful and strong. And then what James does is this very, very unique aspect in his letter and writing to the churches is he brings an Old Testament hero into the conversation. So this is James 5, 17. He brings in Elijah. So Elijah's a rock star, right? So Elijah was as human as we are, and yet when he prayed earnest, earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years Then, when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain, and the earth began to yield its crops. And so why in the world would James bring Elijah in, right? James is crushing it. He's writing all these amazing things for the churches, and they need that. And so the reason uh, James brings Elijah in is because Elijah was on a pedestal. The Jews would put Elijah just on this pedestal. They would look at him and go, oh my gosh, like he's amazing, incredible prophet. Look at all that he did. And his story is profound, how God used him in incredible ways. If you haven't read it, you've got to go back. So he is on a pedestal, rightfully so. I get that. I understand. But James is saying, he's just a man. Elijah was used by God, but he's just a man. And I, I, sometimes, I have to be honest, like in all humility, I appreciate it when people say to me, man, like Pastor Aaron, it just, it just seems like you have this connection with God, and you kind of have that red phone that you pick up, and you put the bat signal up, and, and you, like God shows up. And, and so here's the, like I do, like I, I, but here's what I need you to understand. So do you. I know it. I have it. And I'm trying to teach you, you do as well. You have that same type of access that I do as well because of Jesus. We're the same. Like, am I a pastor? Do I get to lead a church? Yeah, my calling's a little bit different than yours, but we're the same. We talk to the same dad, and I would love, love, love for your prayer life to grow, that you would experience forgiveness and begin walking in the righteousness that God has for you. And so the way that happens is the third point, is that prayer grows from the word of God. And so our prayer, like our communication with God, increases when we're reading his word. Because what happens is God wrote scripture. He wrote it for us so that we could read it. So he's communicating to us. And so when we're reading his words, we then, it's easier for us to to talk back to him and communicate. So we get this faith. Our faith is bolstered by being in the word of God. And so your prayers are effective when? When we have faith. So how do we get faith? We get faith by being in the Word. That, that, that's how the formula works. You get in the Word, your faith grows, then our earnest prayers made in faith are powerful and strong. And so my question to you is, are you in the Word? We've got to be in the Word. And here's the reality. It is totally up to us to do that. We have to make the conscious decision to be in the Word. And here's what Paul writes in Romans 10, 17, he says, so faith comes from hearing. That is hearing the good news about Jesus. So the faith that you and I want in our prayer life comes from 
reading the good news about Jesus. So I want to encourage you for your prayer life to grow to be in the word daily, rereading scripture and be praying those words that God gives to us. The fourth thing I want to share with you is that prayer builds our faith. You know, we pray these bold things, these bold prayers, and so I do not believe that there is a wrong prayer, okay? That there is not a wrong prayer. You can't say the wrong thing to God. Uh, now, I do believe that we can pray with the wrong motives, no doubt about that, and we're all guilty of that, but I am certain that we have got to come before God with these bold, audacious prayers uh, where we can come before his throne. You know, to me, that's why I kneel. I'm like, hey, you're the king. I'm just this dude, and I'm going to kneel, you know, before you to show and display your authority. So to me, we can come before the throne of grace day after day, week after week, moment by moment, sometimes year after year. Isn't that so true? Where sometimes we have to extend our faith even beyond the moment that we're in. We extend our faith beyond what we can see. And sometimes that has to happen for an extended period of time. That's what one of the things that's difficult in prayer. Because prayer also at times, and a prayer of faith, will require persistence. It will require that. And Jesus actually taught on us being persistent in prayer. I'll give you the, the beginning verse, and then you're going to have to read the parable on your own. But in Luke 18, 1, one day, Jesus told his disciples a story, which is the parable, uh, to show that they should always pray and never give up. So that's the persistence in prayer. It's persevering through prayer. And so, man, I'll tell you what, if you've ever had an issue or problem that you've had to pray for an extended period of time, could you put your hand up as an encouragement? Yeah, if, if, look around the room. So many hands are up. So many of us, we've had to pray for a long time. Maybe you prayed for the salvation of a loved one. Maybe you prayed for healing. Maybe you prayed for financial breakthrough. Maybe you've been praying for something at work in your business or that entrepreneurship that, that rises up inside of you. It's been burning and you want to launch out and do it. I mean, all, just so many of us, there are things that we've been praying for for an extended period of time. And I got news for you. That's normal. It's normal for us. And that's the persistence. That's the perseverance. You know, just one of the things that Nicole and I have prayed for for ever since our sons were born is we actually have prayed for their wife. Uh, so we have three sons, and when the first one was born, we started praying for his wife. And I'm not, like, trying to get weird. I'm not trying to put pressure on you, young lady, wherever you're at. Like, I'm just saying, we've been praying for you for 19 years and 17 years and almost 12 years. Like, you're on our mind. You're on our hearts already. We look forward to the day that we're going to meet you. But per prayer has to be persistent. There are times when we've got to be purposeful in those prayers, and we have to understand the reality of that. And then I want to bring in this fifth piece, and I love, love, love this one. Prayer brings in the supernatural. Okay, so this is where you and I, we're human. Okay, we're finite. We're, we're, we're limited. But God is not. God is supernatural. He's limitless. He's incredible. He's amazing. Nothing is impossible for God. The angel Gabriel said that to Mary. He's like, hey, you're pregnant, and it's miraculous because God can do that. Okay, he, he brings things into existence that, that, that were in, invisible before. And so what that means is 
you and I, in our prayer, as we grow our faith, as we walk in righteousness, and, and, we're, and we're earnest and persistent in our prayer, we can pray for miracles. Like literally, Jesus laid hand on, uh, hands on his disciples, and he said, now I want you to go out. And when you go into that village, when you go into that city, lay hands on the sick. And they did, and they saw miracles, and they cast demons out. And, and, and they came back, and they're going, oh my gosh, we did all the same things that you did. And so I'm here to tell you, that's what God has for you. He wants you to pray big, bold, miraculous type prayers. And so I would challenge you, what miracle are you praying for right now? Because if you're not praying and believing for something that's beyond yourself, your vision's too small. Put this big thing in God's hands. Throw it at his feet. And be like, God, there's no way that my business can grow that much. God, there's no way that my marriage can be restored. God, there's no way that cancer is going to be removed. But I can't do it, but you can. And so I want to pray and believe that with you for that breakthrough, for that miracle. And here's, like, we've got to dig in. We've got to go for it. We've got to be a little bit bolder uh, in our prayers and laying this before the Lord. Because you might be uncertain. But God is looking for an opportunity to show his power and to show his authority and to receive the glory for the miracles that he wants to have happen in our lives. And so if you can remember anything in this message, please remember that prayer brings in the supernatural in our lives. And so in closing this message, in closing this series, I just want you to understand the, the reality of what James finishes with. So these are the last two verses in James. He talks about so many important things. And here's kind of the final thing. Because you know how it is when we're in a conversation and we go, oh, one more thing. I can't believe I forgot this. This is the most important thing. Look how James closes his letter to the churches. James 5, verses 19 and 20. My dear brothers and sisters, if someone among you wanders away from the truth and is brought back, you can be sure that whoever brings that sinner back from wandering will save that person from death and bring about the forgiveness of many sins. Do you see what James does there? He says, hey, I've written five chapters now of all these amazing practical things that you can have in your life. And so what I need you to do now is to take those things to give them to somebody else. That, that's exactly what he's talking about. If you and I can have the conversation with another person that doesn't yet know Jesus, all of their sins are forgiven. The long list of sins. And we know what that looks like. If you're a Christ follower, you go... I'm forgiven. I'm restored. I can't believe it. The list is so long, it, it, would, it would need endless paper. You know, to, if I were to write it all down. And James is saying, I need you to go and do that now. And so as the pastor of Grace Church, like I'm telling you, we've got to grab a hold of James. And we've got to grab a hold of the reality of what we're now to do. Because God cares about us. No doubt about it. But... It's really actually not all about us. 
Like he's our dad and he does amazing things for us, but we're already in the family. We're already adopted in. And he's saying, hey, there's other people that I want back. I want them back. And he says to you and I, I want you to go do that. So, I mean, the, the, the command is clear for you and I to go and make disciples. So really all of this is about the ones who don't yet know him. And so to me, I'm going, yes, we're going to move out of the theater. Yes, we get to move into a new building. But to, uh, bigger than all that, I'm going, yes, let's bring our friends that don't yet know Jesus. Let, let, let's invite them and maybe they'll come and check it out. Maybe they'll sit next to you. Maybe they'll get some coffee or they'll have some donuts and they might just sit and I, for, for a little while, weeks, months, who knows. But James is imploring us, like, you and I have got to do that. And so the thing that I need you to see is, yeah, prayer is powerful and amazing and there's persistence in it, but can you see the great move of God that comes as a result of all this? I can, and I hope that you can as well. And so what I want to do is I want to close in a time of prayer for all of us. So um, if you would agree with me in prayer right now. Lord God, we come before you. And Father, thank you for these verses. Thank you for these scripture that come alive in us. And so Lord, I pray right now that you would impart your Holy Spirit inside of us. God, we can't do this in our own strength. We can't do this in our own power. And so, God, would you do something amazing and significant? And we need you. We're declaring our need for you right now. And so it, it, those of you watching online, those of you here in the auditorium, just be thinking of, of, the, of your miracle. Be thinking of your, your area of need. Be thinking of that person. Right now, God, we lift these people, this situation, our business, our marriage, Lord, our, our need for healing, our bodies, Lord, our, the loved ones that we're praying for, Lord, they're on our mind, they're on our hearts right now. And so we lift them up to you. God, it says in you that, that our, our prayers are powerful. And so, God, just with everything inside of us, we extend our faith. God, even in the areas where we can't believe enough, would you help us to have enough faith? And so, God, we're believing. And we want you to move powerfully. Would you grow our faith? Would you grow our prayer life? Would you grow us? And, Lord, I thank you for this season that we've been in this movie theater. And, Lord, I speak out just supernatural blessings on the owners, on the managers, on the workers, on this facility. Lord, they have been so very generous to us. And Lord, I pray that you would richly bless them back uh, in incredible ways, Lord. Well, I even pray for just this supernatural provision. Uh, God, in, in this time when the movie industry has been decimated over the last 18 months, God, I, I ask that you would move powerfully and bring restoration and finances, Lord, for, people, for managers who have to pay, pay their bills and, and, and for their family, Lord. We, so we look to you as the source. And so, Father, as we transition as a church, we thank you for favor. We thank you for opportunities. And we look forward to the future and what it has. But, God, ultimately, we want you. We want your power, we want your authority, we want you to work through us. And so, God, we knit our hearts together as a church, and we say, God, those people that don't yet know you, Lord, would you put them on our hearts, Lord, our circle of five, our neighbors, our co-workers, Lord, the, the, the strangers that we're going to encounter, the people that you've put in our sphere of influence, God, we think of them. 
And Lord, we pray for them. We lift them up. And would you do something amazing and supernatural that they would come to know you. God, that you would be glorified in all the things that we do. In Jesus' name, amen.